You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hi, listeners. You're listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance FM and podcast. I'm actually here in my living room with Soila and Esther. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about must see and must do. So all of the pressure to see exhibitions, to see films, but also to change yourself for New Year's for some reason. Before we go into all of this, we're going to talk about celebrations and frustrations. Do you want to start with that, Soila? Yes, I'm going to celebrate new piercings. New piercings. So I got today, literally this morning, went and I got my second earlobe piercing. So I have my nose pierced. I have original lobe piercing. I have one at the top. I can never remember what it's called. It's like top of the ear helix or something. I don't know. Cartilage. Yes. Upper ear cartilage. (laughs) (laughs) And now I've got a second. And I've been wanting to do it for a little while. Mm. And I see women who, you know, have like the double hoop. Like a big hoop, small hoop thing going on. Love that look. I, I lo- so I was like, I want to get on that. So yeah, went and got it done this morning. Mm, how's it feeling? Good. You know when you get a new ear piercing or, or just a piercing in general, it, you get like a ugly looking <laughs> start. Yeah, they just shove anything in. <laughs> There's no choice involved. No, it's like, here is, I mean, it's titanium and it's supposed to help it heal as quickly as possible, all that kind of stuff. But it is just dark, grey ugliness. And you have to wait for it to heal to change it. But how long do you have to wait again? It depends on the piercing, but uh, I was told that it was six to eight weeks, which is a long for a time. Lobe. I know, for a lobe. Come exactly. on. <laughs> no, can't be. Better save the sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it, but mm. I also just want to change it already and I need to let it heal. Let What's going to go in there when it's time and ready? <laughs> it's going to be the double hoop. The double I'm going hoop. straight in for double hoop. <laughs> I've already ordered them on Etsy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, they're coming from Hong Kong. <laughs> sorry, environment, but... <laughs> They're on their way. Yeah. First class delivery. <laughs> my celebration is that one of my friends just got engaged. Oh. Yeah. Congratulations, we- friend. <laughs> Thank you from friend. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been really nice to hear. It reminded me basically of when she got engaged, she, it was to, to a very, very lovely man. And basically it reminded me of when another friend got engaged and they asked me if I would marry them and not marry them as in <laughs> join them in matrimony yeah. for the rest of my life yeah. but um actually like yeah I guess be a celebrant so I like really heavily researched this mm. and I thought gosh what you know it's a real privilege to be asked to like do that and sure what does that mean is there like a UCAS course <laughs> <laughs> like what happens did all the research sure and then um you know it was quite looked quite spenny to me but yeah. sure and then eventually like they sort of thought maybe this logistically wouldn't work out because we'd have to basically like we wouldn't be able to get married in the moment so I could do some form of blessing thing but Mm -hmm. like crucially they'd have to legally get married separately and then the wedding they'd already kind of be married so the moment you know what I mean Mm. wouldn't be as magical okay with the ones you love (laughs) but by that point I'd sort of imagined my life as a celebrant (laughs) because you can become a celebrant and you can marry people but you can also do funerals <laughs> was that was that the perk for you? Oh, weirdly a perk. And I just I just thought imagine a life where you just help people mark really special moments. Like what a life that would be. Yeah. So maybe while it didn't happen then and I looked into it. I know it's something that people think about when they're much older than I am. It's a bit of a career move. But <laughs> you're already I, 2020. Do I become a celebrant? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So what is this? Do it. Leo looks 
baffled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can be there at people's births and then their yeah. marriage, birth of their children, and then their circle death. of life. Yeah, your whole life. I've... If it helps, I think you'd be really good at it. I think you'll be great. Oh, that's so. Ca- I don't know. I don't know. But that's kind. I would want you to be the kind of official at my funeral. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think. What an honour! I'd have to funeral. die after you. <laughs> you would. You would. I'd have to go first. <laughs> yeah. But I think you'd be great fun. I wouldn't want my funeral to be sad, you know. Okay. I want a celebration. I feel like you bring that very well. I'll start the funeral with celebration or frustration. <laughs> <laughs> frustration, sort of died. Celebration, I'm a celebrant. <laughs> Excellent, we'll do that. Mine is very topical for the show today. Um, this morning, I managed to get Ellie up, which is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. And we got to the Tate Modern by... 10:45. it opens at 10 to go and see an exhibition before it closes on the 5th of january because my oh, former i actually can't pronounce the name so i'm not going to answer that question okay. but it's the one with lots of lights from the guy from denmark who also lived in iceland so um i think i'm going to that one Oh, because on... it closes on the 5th. Yeah, so you have to go before it closes. Yes. The same thing has happened to you. Yeah, I think we're going to do that. Because me and my mum. My former boss went twice and she said it's fantastic so I was like I can't miss this and I just had this great pressure to see it I got Ellie up brought her coffee this morning we made it there went to see an exhibition we were back in time to meet you guys we've done so much today that is so productive was it a good exhibition there were like I like it a lot because I like I'm like not very much of an art nerd like I did art history at school and I like get it bits of it but like I will swan through an exhibition without really reading everything. Mm. And it's quite good for people like me because a lot of it is very sort of theme parky interactive, which works mm. with my type. So nice. there was like <laughs> this like one room where you go in and it's lots of different lights and then lots of like cloudy stuff. And it's like walking through a multicolored cloud. It's very surreal and it's very experiential. I think that's the word I needed. Mm. Um, lots of experiential pieces like lights and air yeah I was on the bus yesterday because I also went to exhibitions yesterday I'm just on a bit of a roll right now mm. um and and it did get me thinking when I was thinking up for for this show that there there's all this pressure for us to see and do things especially in London uh, in the in the city if you miss something it's like gone and then like everyone's talking about it and you can't join in and then you're a fool there's a lot of like oh have you heard the latest album or seen this gig and I was just wondering if but either of you felt that pressure at any point it's a tough one because there are certain things that people have seen that I've never seen and you know they'll be like oh my god I can't believe it for example yes friends I have never seen (gasps) (laughs) I actually told her before you came Soila I told Esther so she already knew it's still shocking (laughs) this is the thing I've never seen I know vaguely who the characters are but like What's it? What say one character? So, like there's, I know that there's Sean. I know there's Rachel and Joey because they seem to come up a lot. And yeah. then there's, um, I think a Chandler. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but I have no idea who he plays or who he is. Mm-hmm. If he's a, is this? I don't know if Ross is a character or an actor in it. Mm-hmm. Character. Character. Thank you. And yeah, then there's, don't give it away. Sorry. And then there's spoiler. A, I cut. There's a there's a blonde lady, and I cannot for the life of me remember if it's Miranda or Veronica or like. <laughs> you're not, I cannot remember her name. I, can, I love so. it because it's neither of those, oh, <laughs> and she's not blonde. <laughs> it's great, but, but there yeah. is a blonde one. Yes, she's called Phoebe. 
Right, right. Yes, 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 yes. I've I've recognised the name. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's the whole crew you've got there. You've nailed it. Oh, okay. Who's is it? Miranda or Veronica? (laughs) What? Who is it? We're not going to tell you because it's too funny. (laughs) It's better this way. Okay. So why had you not watched it thus far? Had it just been a sort of not really been on your, you know, because it's sort of thing where I think it comes up Mm. as ref. It's referenced quite a lot. So that's what what interests me is in like. People be like, oh, out of friends, like, which character are you? Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know, like... And people tend to say, oh, you, I can't believe you're not seeing it, you have to see it. And I think that's the thing of, I've just never felt the inclination to watch it. And mm. even after there's that kind of, you know, this very, it's quite social, it's a social thing, all these references, or mm-hmm. people, like, can tell you what happened in what episode. And I think that's incredible. But I just have never felt the thing of, oh, all of these people... I should probably watch it. I've just never... That's never happened. Mm. Have there been other shows, though, that have been kind of those sort of classics that lots of people talk about that you've been at the point of watching when everyone else is kind of watching it at that point? Or is it general... People... I think people might say that about Game of Thrones now. Like, Mm. lots of people are like, oh, my God, you have to watch Game of Thrones. Never seen it. Never seen it either. Never seen Game of Thrones. Not one episode. See what I mean? Whereas I, I... You know... I mean, I wouldn't rave about it. I wouldn't say you have to see Game of Thrones. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think that's another thing which lots of people culturally, socially know about. And there's other big stuff like, I don't know, like Frasier or House and things like that. All mm. of those kind of old schoolish ones. And then there's... Are you saying House is old school? Because that was literally made while I was an adult. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably wasn't an adult. Yeah. When you I'm... first entered in adulthood. I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> I guess it's interesting to think about what would constitute as a must-see for the previous generation versus what is a must-see for us because of the amount of choice that we have and we're constantly, I guess, consuming more and more things and there's so much choice. I find it really overwhelming sometimes. Um, So there's usually going to be five times potentially the must-sees to us than there might have been to them perhaps or even in 2013 where everyone was like you must watch the wire i didn't um wait 2007 for the wire Whoa. yeah it's a, it's a very long time ago but like now i feel like the approach that people had to the wire then is like the approach to everything coming out all the time yes yeah, yeah exactly and then it maybe it dilutes the must-see thing the must-seeness the must-seeness yeah. of the must-see Whereas before, like my dad was talking about um, how on Christmas Day there would be um, one, you know, this, I can't remember the name of it, but one show that would be, you know, it was huge. And the view, like the number of viewers was just unbelievable because, well, there was less choice, but everyone would watch this thing. So everyone would be talking about, you know, what's going to be on, what's it going to be? And it wasn't also just a certain type of demographic watching it. Yeah. The, the viewership was so much broader as well, more mm. diverse. So I guess it's changed quite a lot, but I wonder if in some ways we feel more pressure or less because of more choice. So when someone says you have to see something, like Soyla, obviously you're immune to this given that you've never seen Friends, but Esther, do you ever go ahead and seek it out? Quietly, yes. I'd say, uh, yeah, I'm probably a bit of a stubborn goat with that. I've had feedback um, (laughs) from friends who've been like, please, can you just watch this so we can talk about it? Or please, can you listen to this so we can talk about it? So one of them was Girls um, with Lena Dunham. Dunham. Um, And a a group of gal pals from school had all watched it and Mm. were watching it. 
they were like, like we're having this conversation like what are your thoughts and feels and I was like oh, I don't know I haven't watched it yeah. and they were like we know can you please watch it yeah and I didn't I didn't I didn't mm. and I don't really know why I think maybe it's because I I don't know maybe I wanted it to live up to certain expectations I thought if I watch it what if I don't like it or mm. maybe it's that but then I don't know if it is I think it's just stubborn up- I think no I think that fear is prevalent because my dad really wanted me to watch a program called the OA and forever I was like mm, I can't be bothered I can't be bothered and then he was like sit down just watch the first episode I was hooked I was like this is a, a, a must see <laughs> <laughs> it's a must see yeah, exactly I get it now <laughs> well there's something nice about watching something that someone has recommended you I guess if, especially if it's important to them or special to them yeah so like I think Dumpling which is um a film on netflix mm. with jennifer aniston and it's, it features like dolly parton soundtrack so my best friend's like obsessed with dolly parton yeah. so she's like please can you watch dumpling <laughs> and i was like i just don't really know it's not really my <laughs> thing but uh, but when i did it was like whenever i watch it i will always think of her yeah. and it's really really nice now to i'm glad i've watched it and we've had lovely conversations since so but that's different to i think almost like a series series and series series of a kind of a friends or a breaking mm. bad or a game of thrones or the oh, crown yeah, i've never seen that i've watched one episode but i felt like one episode felt like a film i was mm. like how do i do this again and again <laughs> it's just very long but you know one day will i think i need to be ill to watch it <laughs> You have to literally be sick to watch The Crown. To watch that much of the royal family. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like love all the people in it so much as well. So I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I just need to be ill to force me to concentrate for that long. Yeah. Maybe that's it. (laughs) Ellie came back from Christmas and one of her relatives said, you absolutely must watch Don't Fuck With Cats, which is recently on Netflix. So it had been on Netflix for like two days and we watched it. Mm. So like, I definitely follow through on the pressure or like Mm. she did. But I have avoided, like she watches Game of Thrones. I never got into it. I never wanted to see it. I didn't really see the appeal. So I guess, yeah, pick and choose. It's also who recommends things and if it like suits you. If someone recommends something to me because it's it's like a silly, um, I mean, there's a better word for this, but chick flick. Like, I will watch it because I just love those films so much. Mm. Like, they always make me feel so comforted and happy. Yes. So, it like, I know if it's recommended it to me, it's because that person knows me well enough that I watch, again, crap like that. Yeah, and if someone closer or kind of would know about that recommends it, I think you take it more kind of like, oh, this person's actually thought of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I got really into a phase of watching Korean love dramas and Chinese love dramas Ooh, which oh my are... gosh have you seen Meteor Garden no it's on Netflix okay, I watched like see, I'll, see, about I'll watch 50 episodes of it <laughs> so I'll watch Meteor but um, I had a friend called Anthony who was just like you should watch this one and I was like oh it's gonna take long and I, I was hooked I was I could not put it down and I think oh. that's the thing like if it's your I don't know it, it, I think it definitely depends who it is if it's just someone you meet at a party or something it's like oh yeah you've got to watch Fleabag which I do think is funny like, I like Fleabag but I wouldn't be like you have to watch Fleabag I think I'd take that yes. less is it only posh people recommending Fleabag to you <laughs> I don't know I've never met anyone who's not posh who's been like Fleabag <laughs> they might have said it to me on the street but <laughs> Uh, do you ever find that you watch something that was recommended and you're like uh, why yes and then I have to lie and say it was amazing oh, no. <laughs> what? um 
Well, let me think of an example. Um, I've got one. My dad really wanted to watch The Irishman when he came over Christmas. Mm. Isn't that like a trillion hours long? It's three and a half hours long. And I'm so, I know no it's interval. Scorsese, but it's not very good. And women, like one character is a woman who has like a character role. Like she has an impact. She never talks, even though she has a role and she clearly could at different times. Oh. Like women just don't speak in this film. It's not interesting for me like there are no speaking women there's lots of those kind of films where it might be really impactful and really interesting Mm. um like as an example actually the kind of new joker film because i'd read loads of reviews on it that it was a bit incelly it was a bit kind of is it misogyny is it this is it that and um when my mum watched it um she was like it's brilliant it's brilliant blah 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 she consumes a lot of films i I really value her opinion on films Mm. sometimes she's like don't watch that and I don't. Um, but then my dad watched it as well. He was like, well, actually, um, I get where it could go like that, but it's actually very interesting from this mental health perspective or this perspective. Mm. And it's like, okay. And I think you have to have that conversation of what is the thing that's going to make you... Yeah, because yeah. if it's like action and guns and like no women you're like maybe not but if it's like well actually you, you just described crank have you seen crank <laughs> no. that's what crank is like um, but no but if it's if it's like well it might not have that but it does have this thing which is why i think it might be interesting to you it's like okay i can mm. i can see this but there's there's a number of things where i've been like why am i I, like you turn it off sometimes I feel rude turning it off but I just think get this oh off. a friend of mine went to see the Irishman at the ICA and she just walked out she was like I'm not watching no. something this like ridiculous yeah. especially it, for three hours without an, without an interval three and a half three Gosh. and a half yeah that half an hour at the end as well you've really got to push through you yeah. really have to I really did push through <laughs> I don't know if I've reconstructed this from the past but I'm pretty sure that Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End was like millions of hours long I, I, I think those films are great I just love and them. I was like so involved I, I was know. fully immersed I I like Lord of the Rings you're just like yes yes, yes. Bilbo <laughs> yeah you leave and you're like I am an orc <laughs> I know give me the ring I will take the ring to Mordor That's, but there's other films you're just like mm, no when I saw The Irishman my dad was like oh it's Scorsese it's a masterpiece he, has, he always has this approach to films which is like like Lawrence of Arabia oh you can't watch it on a television you have to see it on Le Grand Écran and it was like he's so like into like that's the big screen for our non-French people and he's very like this is canon and this is not Mm. and I was wondering with books like what's Mm. your approach I guess like the marker is have either of you read Moby Dick because I certainly haven't no right (laughs) I have not okay but there's lots of classics which you read and you don't I think People can be quite snobbish about books, more so than films, although it's a similar crowd. Mm. And and the same with like newer things like podcasts and stuff like that. It's um, bloody podcast listeners. I know. (laughs) They're the devil. I know. The worst. (laughs) Um, But no, I think with with books, I think for some things where you get really into it, like um, Peter Pomeratsev, who writes about Russia and kind of the modern political craziness that goes on in that country and my dad read it and he was like read this it's great and I could not put it down but there are some there I, I, I'm a really really slow reader and I've never been a big reader and like I've never been very I'd say I've never been very good at it either like it's, it's not really not my medium so <laughs> so like I remember at school in like a level when we had I think we had the kite runner we had 
we had a few few in there and spark notes was everything for me because I was like just just give me the key points of each chapter so like I don't think it was always like sort of so when people say oh you know do you want to I've had a few book book club invites Mm. and I always say like I'll hold you back I'll hold you back because you need to be speedy committed and then kind of analytical in a really succinct way which as we all know I struggle with (laughs) and I think I think books at school kind of ruins it for you yeah I think it's very kind of rigorous and study this and I think it does the same with poetry it's like you know it makes it not fun when actually like having a you know like my friends have been like oh it's not like that like it's just sort of it's just an open conversation about what you think what you enjoy Mm. different bits like that so obviously you're scarred from a level but (laughs) so but I think in terms of must reads I find that more of a Oh, probably like I just avo- avoid, mm. avoid, avoid, because I think it's going to be. I almost have a have a notion that it's going to be too much, mm. to too, which is is silly, and that's sort of a limit. No. Whereas actually, like five minute rule, you know, give it, yeah. <laughs> you know, give it a give it a five minutes. It's the first few, the those first pages. For anyone writing a book, five minute rule, <laughs> five minute rule. I think I've got a sim- similar approach to like even wine and just like things where people are like, you must do this, mm-hmm. where I take a very like staunch personal approach. Like yesterday I tried reading Ursula Le Guin. I read the first two pages and everyone's like, you have to read this earthsy, earthsy. And I'm like, this style is horrendous. I cannot cope with this. Mm-hmm. I know loads of people love it, but like the only judgment is you and if you're enjoying a book and if you're not enjoying it there's no reason to read it I find it really annoying that there's this like oh you're you know you know about things if you've read Dickens I tried to force myself to read um the brothers Karamazov and I got halfway through and I'm never finishing that book ever it's not it's a good book and I'm to not finish the book like the characters I think about them a lot of the time but it's just really hard going if it's not enjoyable Mm. maybe I should finish that book there it's you go. Be a page turner, you know. Like, there's such a ple- it's a pleasure when you've got a page turner, yeah. but it could be like something that just isn't, you know, what people are talking about at this point. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, what, if it's not when if you're experiencing something and it's just you're really enjoying it, but everyone was reading or talking about it like yeah. six months ago, does that make it less of a pleasure? No, not at all. Like, you know, mm. whatever, whatever mm. you. You just people find things at different points as well. Maybe because you'll be influenced by a conversation you had that feels more, I don't know, pertinent mm. to you. And you're like, oh no, maybe I would like to read that because that person's related it in some mm. way or something. Do you go to different people for different recommendations? Like mm. um, there are certain things where if I do want to, if I'm like, oh, I fancy this kind of book, I'll ask one person for music. I might say, oh, mum, what have you heard recently? Or... Um, even Leo, like, it might be mm, like, what flattered. do you think of this? I, for me, it's, um, especially for documentaries, like, different Twitter accounts oh, yes. that Ooh, I follow, yes. um, they recommend ones that I should probably watch. But also Netflix suggests things to me, and the algorithms do know me oh, better than myself. Bang so. on the money. That's the thing with an algorithm, the machine, it knows me too well. <laughs> yeah. Do you want more Vox? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, I can't, but it, it, it takes just one thing where you kind of, testing the water for it to mess up a bit Mm. so i might be on youtube watch loads of kind of documentary like stuff and then i'll watch one conspiracy theory thing and then it's like suddenly like (laughs) you you must be a flat oh my gosh no i watched one malcolm gladwell and now it's now my youtube recommendations are all malcolm gladwell Mm. and like i don't like him that much like he's good but like i don't want to only watch malcolm i don't think malcolm gladwell wants to only watch malcolm gladwell (laughs) 
yeah. it's too much last question on this topic on this section mm-hmm. um are either of you going to see cats how do you react to bad reviews oh no i think it's too i love the i love twitter so much Mm. because it's a source of such fun and joy i mean there's a lot of bad stuff on twitter of course but um the the laughs i get from it are second to none (laughs) and the amount that i've seen about that film have made me cry with laughter and i think it's part of the joy sure part of the joy is also not seeing it like if it's so bad but then there's so bad but good, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. there's a real, there's, there's that, that has a big part in my life. Things that are, you know, like, I'm not saying the film is this, by the way, but you know, the genre of good trash. Mm. Like, me and my family talk about that a lot. Like, it's, it serves such a purpose in mm. life, especially when you're unwinding and you don't want to really think mm. or you want to feel comforted mm. or you want to feel like, so that oh, all of the Netflix original Christmas movies, I'm there for that. So, but this that. is different. This is like you can feel the high budget, the waste of money. The like, also, what was it? The FT said weirdly erotic. I don't want to sub- <laughs> submit my subject myself to that. It's just not comfortable. Like cats with f- actual breasts. Cats with boobs. <laughs> cats without buttholes. It's just a lot that makes me uncomfortable about that. It's also unrealistic. Like they, you know, <laughs> they have buttholes. Like you know, yeah, they don't have that. boobs. <laughs> that's just why are you making a cat sexy <laughs> why but w- would i would i pay to watch it in the cinema where i don't know because also that's the difference is i it's weird but my concept of paying for stuff even if with netflix you, you subscribe you know you pay a subscription yeah. fee it feels different to a film watching a film that way or on amazon prime or something yeah. versus going mm. to the cinema to watch it as mm. part of that experience yeah. i think i'm more un, i'm less likely to pay for something you're gonna hate yeah mm. yeah it makes sense which capitalism is, quite, is a <laughs> is a god um so right now there are sort of captions on instagram and twitter that i've been reading that are sort of roundups of the year of like i've achieved this this and this and aren't mm-hmm. i amazing yes go away and also other people saying like oh don't pay attention to the roundups you are what you are you don't need to improve yourself don't go away so much but still also a little bit annoying but um it's fine like it's a little bit stressful what's what's both of your approaches to new year's resolutions do you have a sort of must-do list of next year or you just like i'm fine i'm doing well or i'm fine i'm not doing well and that's okay like what's your sort of i'm not saying either of you are doing well or Mm -hmm. not well um but like what's what's your approach to resolutions it's a tough one Mm -hmm. because i have a resolution this year which i'm actually not 100 percent proud of and that resolution is to lose weight and um it's a it's a really tough one because I think the whole cycle of new year kind of new me I'm gonna get thin and that kind of thing I Mm. I really hate that and I hate the pressure that people are put under and the illness it can spring up and all that kind of stuff but it's this this pressure has then become something where I've said I'm gonna do it and I feel like now that I've literally told everyone, I'm like, I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, I'm going to have to do this, even if it means that. And I, I don't want to fall into this thing of kind of lying about it or kind of having to admit that I'm not doing as well. Or, oh, yes, I did have three cakes today kind of thing. Like, I don't want to do that. And I think that's an issue with that type of resolution. And I guess then if you're setting a goal... Um, kind of how you define success with that maybe should be part of the the thinking because if if it's a goal which is you know quite absolute then 
are you setting yourself up to to fail in a way that will like you know decrease your confidence mm-hmm. or I don't know your self-esteem about which is not not going to help you at all if it's just going to be something like I should be this but actually like you don't the success is defined by what everyone else says it is but it's not necessarily going to be that for you then you know be kind to yourself I'd say is that your your resolution yeah maybe maybe it is as of now um I'm at a sort of like turning point my desk closed I've mentioned this before and so I've got to sort of decide what I'm doing next so I'd, I'd sort of been coasting a little bit and I'm still deciding so I feel like I'm not ready for a new year's resolution like I feel like January isn't the right time for me because I need to decide what it is that I'm doing before I resolve to do something and also just January is midwinter yeah, yeah it's, it's bleak not, it's not a good time to... it's, it's such a bleak month everyone's skin everyone's tired it's my birthday it's my birthday too <laughs> Excellent. Okay. that is all we've got time for this episode uh, you have been listening to very loose women you can catch more of our episodes on acast spotify all of the rest of it uh we're at vlw radio on twitter and very loose women on facebook and at vlw radio on instagram (laughs) that was a long-winded way of saying it we love it when people get in touch so please get in touch unless you're asking for loose women in which case please don't because we get too many of those um and have a great new year happy new year bye